0: If you've been following me on Twitter, you may have noticed I'm finally doing something about my weight and my health. I decided it's time to get back to my MVP weight. So I started Awaken 180 weight loss. I'm already feeling fantastic. The best part, I'm already down nine pounds. I could have hit the treadmill for a year and not seen the results that I've had with Awaken 180. Just like during my planned days, Awaken is all about losing weight and focusing on nutrition, coaching, and science. No pills, no gym. As you know, I travel a ton, but no worries there because Awaken 180 has a worldwide program. I can still have my weekly consults via Skype. When I'm back in Boston, I visit the Government Center location. Besides healthy living, my favorite part about Awaken is free support for lives. We are all stuck at home these days, but join me and get healthy. Call the solution for weight loss, Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Get on board just as I did. Go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. It is once again
1: Red Sox beat. We're back on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and visual content. There is no real actual content these days. We're all just kind of going theater of the mind right now. Neighborhood of make-believe, that's all we can do. We're creating some content for you. Tom Keegan is with us. He of the Boston Herald will have some uh, insight for us on what might happen, what has happened. These are obviously very, very strange times. We'll talk a little bit later too to Dave Mason from Bet Online because what do you bet on now? There are no sports. Tom, thanks for joining us. Uh, these are times that we've never seen before. Hopefully, never see again. Can you compare this to anything you've covered? I mean, maybe the aftermath of 9/11 a little, but uh, I mean, how, how bizarre is this for you?
2: If I can compare it to that I covered. One was in the 1989 World Series, the earthquake World Series when the earth when the world series um interrupted for i don't know if it was 7 or 10 days maybe and then resumed it was the the Bay Area World Series and i was sitting in the upper deck in the auxiliary media and the tv monitor started swaying and you could see smoke from beyond the outfield fence and then i was working for uh stayed after they you know postponed the world series i stayed in the bay area and did some stories and then I got to the airport to fly back to L.A. I was working in L.A. at the time and I started shaking when I sat down to wait for my plane because that was the first moment of relaxation where I wasn't just working, 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 thinking about it. So I delayed it all and then it hit me all at once. And my wife said for the next month I was shaking every night in my sleep. It was wow. a, a weird effect. and And, you know. I watched a 30 for 30 on that World Series. We have four children. I watched a 30 for 30 that said the only Bay Area construction project in history that was ahead of of schedule was the earthquake fortification of the stadium and uh, particularly the part right where I was sitting. So if that project had not been done, I would have been a goner. I never would have met our third son and my daughter never would have been created so wow uh, that was pretty crazy and then i was working uh, for the new york post uh, when when the 9-11 happened
1: uh, i want to go back if you don't mind i don't mean to, to be that guy but i'm just i'm always fascinated by anybody It was at the 89 world series what was your trek like back to your hotel did you have a hotel i mean was it on the 25th floor and you had to walk it i mean how'd that go
2: yeah it's a great question uh the trek back to the hotel to the game was, uh, you know, not the game. We, we get there early afternoon, obviously. Uh, and then the game starts hours later. But to the hotel, I'm, I want to say it was a 20-minute drive. And on the way back, it was almost two hours because the bridges were out. And we had to take a really circuitous, circuitous route. Then I opened the door to the hotel, and it looked like my room had been ransacked because all of the drawers from the bureaus were out, the the earthquake had shaken the room. It was just a very very eerie eerie time, and uh, uh, it was crazy. I remember I saw not to get too graphic here, but I saw a finger uh, amidst the rubble. And one of the st- stories I was doing, uh, mm. which was a little tough, you know. Uh,
1: yeah, no question. Wow. So as we get from, uh, you know, I hate that we're just talking tragedy here off the top, but you know, again, these times that we're in now, you and I and and a lot of our listeners, I hope, we're in a a decent place. I mean, if all we're doing is is complaining that we have to stay inside, I mean, good Lord, it could be so much worse than that because people are suffering so horribly right now. Uh, How do you think Major League Baseball as a whole, Tom, has done with this crisis, maybe even compared to some of the other leagues. I mean, this is the one sport that was just getting ready, right? I mean, the others were interrupted. Football was off. But, you know, basketball and hockey are trying to figure out how to restart. Baseball hadn't even started yet. So how do you think they've handled all this? It's all very delicate.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, so far, good. I mean, they I, I don't recall anyone crying for them to stop it beforehand. Uh, there may have been one. Yeah, Kevin Kerner of the New York Post. I think it was the only one I saw who, well ahead of time, was saying this is crazy. Let's stop, stop this. And uh, but uh, so I, I wasn't saying you got to stop this. So I'm not going to criticize him for that now. Um, I do think that uh, it'd be nice to have transparency. If if a player's like Chris Sale is going to get elbow surgery, go ahead and and share it and defend it. You know, I mean. Uh, To not divulge whether he's getting the surgery seems a little bit uh, off-putting. And I think, you know, there are facilities where Dr. Andrews has that I don't think would be used yet. Um, Could have already had that and admitted you had it and move on. Uh, uh, But other than that, and a lot of these teams are paying a lot of the the stadium workers uh, for games that don't take place. So I think that's... That's
1: good stuff. You know, it's funny. We're we're actually recording this on Chris Sale's 31st birthday. And (laughs) certainly not the kind of uh, frivolity that that is usually associated with anybody's birthday. Coming back from Tommy John surgery. And boy, you know what? It feels so good to just talk baseball, even though it's Tommy John surgery right now. But uh, this puts the, the Red Sox, obviously, Tom, in such a whole long term I wanna talk short term though, because you know, assuming that we do have baseball in whether it's you know early June, mid June, early July, they're gonna be trying to pack a lot of games in a short amount of time. And it seems to me that the teams that'll be in the best shape are the ones that are deep, right? I mean teams that, that can go five, six, seven pitchers deep in a rotation. Red Sox are too deep right now, really. You yeah, know what I mean, so that I mean to me that's a problem, right?
2: Yeah, that is a problem. And it it, it just goes to show you how quickly things change in baseball a year ago, coming into spring training, the, the main, main story seemed to be that their bullpens in trouble because they didn't bring Kimball back. And that, but that's okay because they got the best rotation in the league. Well, you know, the bullpen being, ended up being okay, not great, but the rotation was a real source of of difficulty. And then now you trade away David price and Chris sale is out for the year. And all of a sudden, wow, you've got Eduardo Rodriguez who almost won 20 games. Uh, but, man, uh, this is a really uh, a thin, thin rotation that is just kind of scary, actually. It, it, it's a, that. And you're right. When they're trying to pack in games and maybe they have double headers and it's going to be the team with the deepest pitching. So that doesn't necessarily bode well for the Red Sox.
1: You know, you, you look to last year, the the times when the Red Sox rotation was thinned out. And I, I don't mean to pile on Mike and He's a very nice young man. But if it's the, the Mike and All-Stars this year, you know what I'm saying? Where, where you've got yeah. guys. That, the, I mean, we're looking at Ryan Weber all of a sudden being like the number three guy in a rotation. This is a journeyman who throws 90 miles an hour. But, you know, to me, it's that four, five, six, seven. And again, you're going to need seven this year this is not something i think that anybody was really talking about very recently in and around boston but boy you really now can see how how thin the depth
2: in the organization
1: was all along
2: yeah you know pitching has been a problem for them in terms of developing pitching and uh you know i think a good way to go about it would be to try to just do they can study so much with these analytics is instead of obsessing on uh, hitters hot zones and cold zones and attacking their weaknesses how about really doing a deep dive especially now that things are shut down uh, what organizations have done the best drafting pitchers and developing them and then trying to find out do your intelligence work who are the specific scouts who have been good at that and then just offer to double their salaries and bring them on board and see if that works to develop pitching because that's what you want to do is develop pitching because they're not as likely to get hurt as some of the older guys necessarily. So uh, it would be good to use this time that way. They really haven't done a good job of signing their own. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez has been terrific, but uh, not, not generally it's been a, quite a while since they've developed many pitchers.
1: Tom Keegan visiting with us. And, you know, one theory I'd like to float your way, Tom, because I've started thinking about what this is all going to look like in 2021, 2022, when hopefully everything's kind of back to normal. We're assuming that it will be by then. But, I, I, you know, I think there's going to be a look back to right now, say, in, let's call it in 2022, when I think there are going to be teams— that used this time organizationally so constructively, a little bit kind of like what you were just saying, where it's like, okay, everything's on pause now for two months. What can we do as an organization to really think things through and revolutionize if we need to? And, and players too. I mean, if you ever wanted to, to, to go work on a new pitch, you know, you've know, you got a couple months now of bonus time. So you know, you and I can sit around and say, you know what, all of a sudden I think I want to learn Italian. And I don't have to to work now for another month. So what a blessing. I can just, you know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take advantage of it. Some people will not take advantage of this time. They're going to watch Judge Judy a thousand times in a row and get, you know, Uh, 20 20 pounds added to their frame. They're not going to exercise and it's going to be horrible. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, I think that that this is a unique opportunity, whether you're a player or an organization or even say, uh, you know, I I think of a first year manager like uh, Rojas with the Mets right now. You all of a sudden have this blank slate where the clock stopped. And there are going to be players, coaches, managers, teams that use that time really well now. And I think we'll decide who did that when we get to 2021
2: or 2022. Carlo Italiano. Ho abitato
1: in Italia Oh, stop showing off.
2: Ma mi sono dimenticato tutta la lingua perché con chi posso praticare? Con I don't have to learn how to speak Italian. <laughs>
1: well, I'm very impressed. All I, all I know is lasagna. So that, that was very good.
2: <laughs> well, you grew up, you, you worked in Rochester and grew up in Rochester. so I, I should you, know more. I know. Yes, you should. Very Italian town, I'm proud to say, even though I'm Irish. But uh, no, <laughs> you, you're right. This, it's it's about, you got to make the most of your time. And I think that High and Bloom uh, impresses me as a, an organizational guy. He doesn't claim to be a baseball guy. You know, he didn't play the game, but he, he knows how to organize and mobilize a workforce. And a, a very organized brain would be a great thing to have. I have no idea what it would be like, but I, I know that I envy people who do have organized brains and uh, they're gonna have to find a way to do something productive. And, and you know, the least productive thing you do, can do is when you get together is have a bunch of yes men. You gotta challenge your people Let's look at this differently. What am I doing wrong? Be honest. What am I doing wrong? And then you're going to get you can get some, something done. If, you, if everyone has the confidence to really tell the truth, that's how they're going to get something done and move forward and figure out how to develop pitchers.
1: One of the great things I ever heard, because I never went to business school, I'm not that guy, but Larry Lucchino who I think is just a brilliant mind. I mean, love him or hate him. I, I happen to like him a lot. But I know when he was in San Diego, he used to tell people in San Diego that, that A's hire A's and B's hire C's. Meaning that if you're comfortable and confident that, that you know what you're doing, you'll hire other people that know what they're doing and everybody challenges everybody. If you're a, a B kind of guy, you don't want to be challenged. So you'll hire somebody slightly worse than you, a C guy. And I think that the best organizations, and I think High and Bloom is one of those A guys that surrounds himself with other A
2: guys. That's a great way to put it. That's, uh, yeah, Larry Lucchino is a sharp guy. When I was in charge of hiring as a sports editor in Kansas, my goal was to become the dumbest guy in the room. You know, that's what you want. Hey,
1: congratulations, by the way.
2: <laughs> Very quick. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm assuming oh, sitting right there you know. the in the room, right? But no, you're right. That, that's, uh, that's a great way to go about it.
1: Tom, if you wouldn't mind, we're going to pause you for just a moment. I'm going to bring on Dave Mason here in just a second from Online because as we talk about these challenging times, this is a challenging time for that industry for sure. So let me pivot real quick. Let's, let's bring on Dave. So, Dave Mason is a sportsbook brand manager for our good friends at Bet Online, and as we all kind of trudge through this new weird, sad frontier here, late March, early April, uh, a lot of industries obviously are making adjustments, and I guess it's how quickly you can pivot to to whatever you got to do. Uh, that's where there will be some wins here. So, uh, for Bet Online, I'm fascinated to find out what's current not necessarily what's next forever for them but uh, just what they're doing now dave thanks so much for joining and uh, can you enlighten me just a little bit i mean these things i mean all these sports that you guys are so great at giving us uh, just one by one they, they were falling down and uh, you know, xfl was probably about the last thing standing and then there was you know none of that lawn bowling is you know i mean i think it might still be around i don't even know so <laughs> what what do you guys do now
3: yeah, it's been a crazy few weeks. Um, you know, our bread and butters, the U.S., the U.S. sports. Um, you know, right here we should be talking about the Final Four in a few days, right? The, the the last few weeks of the NBA and NHL regular season as the teams push for the playoffs, and of course the start of the MLB season. And none of that's there, so it's uncharted te- waters for both the sports fan and for us. So what happened? You know, we we. Right away, we went into kind of uh, emergency mode and said, What the heck can we do? Um, first and foremost, we have a huge poker room and a huge casino. So the action over there is absolutely through the roof. We're setting records over there. So we're lucky for that. So, yes, we have a sports book. Action's going down there, but a lot of people are taking their action into the casino and poker room. So action's through the roof there. So that was the first thing. Um, secondly, what can we do in the sports book? Well, we started looking at what sites are doing around the world. Is there any leagues still out there? And there were a couple of weeks ago. There was some Australian this, some Australian that. Um, uh, Russia—they're they're still playing uh, some sports over there. They got still playing some hockey and and ping pong, table tennis. I call—I <laughs> keep calling it ping pong, but I guess it's table <laughs> tennis is the official. <laughs> so we put odds up on that. We we saw some Russian sports book across. Across the globe had odds on this. So I said what the heck let's put these odds up and sure as hell people are betting the heck out of it I mean people, that's the it's amazing you know it's like I thought we'd take a few bets okay but I mean the the action we're getting on that is huge and then other stuff you know like at, last week was that you know NFL free agency uh Odds on where Tom Brady would go. And, uh, you know, and then he goes to the Buccaneers and you start taking a lot of action on the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl and, and all sorts of stuff. It's something as silly as uh, marble races. There's this guy who does these really intricate and impressive marble races over in Europe. So we start putting odds on that, and he shows it on his YouTube channel. So you name it, we're, we're just trying everything. So, uh, you know, it, 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 we're learning a lot. You know, it, it is a it is a... Crazy time, and it's a sad time. But um, you know, people people gamble for a release for entertainment. So we're we're trying to do our best to keep them em- entertained during these difficult times.
1: What do futures look like right now? Because you know, we don't know, for example, how many games there will be in a major league season, if there will be a major league season. Uh, how do you deal with that?
3: Yeah, well, it depends. You know, season win totals—they're all. They're all closed now. We just don't know if they're playing how many games they're going to play. I, I, I doubt they're going to play 162 or anything close. So how can we offer a season win total if they came out and said, "Okay, it's going to be 100 game season"? Then we can adjust those. So they're all closed now. But for you know, as long as it's a World Series, if it, it doesn't matter if the the, the 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 season's 162 games or 62 games. Um, if there's a World Series, if they're crowning a World Series champ. Then these odds stay. I mean, the the, the bets are good. Um, same with division and 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 all that stuff. So so yeah, it, it depends if it's based on a number of games. Yeah, they're going to be no action like the season win totals um, or some season long props. You know, uh, there were some over under home runs and stuff. Those are all get no action. But but the World Series and stuff. As long as we have a season and as long as the World Series, those bets are good.
1: So the whole necessity is the mother of invention bromide i mean i think that that's probably in play now do, do you find that you're getting calls whether solicited or unsolicited from people going hey you know what would be awesome i'd like to bet on the weather i'd like to bet on barometric pressure i'd like to i mean are people now uh, even maybe inside the organization i mean is everybody getting weirdly creative because of all this
3: yeah. And, uh, absolutely. Um, you know, some of the, we have these, this nonstop email threads and different stuff. Hey, this is trending on Twitter. We need odds on this. Uh, did you see these guys are doing this simulated, uh, game? We need odds on this, you know, and, and of course the, the fans too, guys just hit me up on Twitter about some reality show on MTV that I know nothing about. So we're going to, so, Hey, let's look into that. So it, it's, 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 that's you know if there's if there's a positive out of this whole event and i'm just talking from a you know strictly from a uh, professional standpoint you know uh, cuz there is no really positives from any of this stuff but from a strictly professional standpoint it, it's we're 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 looking at different stuff you know we're we're outside our uh, normal box of you know we always test the limits at bet online we always try to put as much stuff as possible but now we're like in overdrive and i think this is a lot of this stuff is going to stick and be here for years to come like these simulated games i mean i think even when the sports do come back there's going to be uh there's going to be a space for these simulated uh games and, and all sorts of other crazy stuff we're doing i mean these these i racing I've been watching these, these NASCAR iRacing events over the weekends, and it's quite impressive. I mean, I've, I've never been a big NASCAR guy. I don't even know if I've ever watched a full race, but I've been watching these things, and it's really pretty cool. You know, these NASCAR drivers Dale Earnhardt and all these other guys are really playing this uh, simulated iRacing game. Game and, and it's aired on FS1 at the production. Just incredible. And, and I think we're going to see more sports doing stuff like that as the longer this lasts. And we'll keep adding odds. And, and I, have, I have a feeling stuff like that's just going to be uh, will be a, will be commonplace in years to come.
1: Well, the, the good news, if there is any out of this, is you guys have always been so creative anyway and, and so easy to work with. So you guys aren't going anywhere, and, and that's great. But, yeah, now we all get to at least kind of think outside the box for a while and see what else we can all figure out. But continued, uh, I would say, success to you because I know you guys are still successful at what you do. It's just such a weird time to be happy about things, but, uh, but you can Absolutely. definitely – you can definitely still get your your bet online on though because we, we just want to make sure people knew that. And Dave, uh, before you go in in twenty or thirty seconds, the uh, last thing you just want to tell our our listeners:
3: now come on over if you want some action, uh, get you through the evening since there's no sports or anything. But you need to be entertained. Get on over to betonline.ag. Once again, we're making the best of it in the sports book. There's still a lot to do, but you know we got that big casino, both of the, both a um, digital casino and a live dealer casino where real dealers are handing out the cards or spinning the roulette wheel for you. And of course, uh, the poker room, bad beat jackpots, well over a hundred thousand dollars. We've got bigger tournaments, more players than ever. So, uh, come on over and get, get on some action. Boom. Thank you, brother. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. Have a great one. Thanks buddy. Keep at it. See ya.
1: All right. Thanks again to Dave for joining us. Let's go right back to Tom Keegan and the time that we have left. We're talking about what, is next, because we don't know. I mean, it's just all about guessing right now. So here it is, end of March is when we're taping this, Tommy. Uh, what's your best guess right now? I mean, if, if we were playing that, you know, kind of like guess the, the date of somebody's uh, kid being born game, when do you think opening day is here in
2: 2020? This will show you how fluid this whole situation is. If you had asked me this yesterday, I would have said after the All-Star break. In other words, no All-Star game, but where that schedule resumes after the All-Star break, that's what I would have said. And then today I saw the governor of Virginia put down a a shutter-in-place order that extends through June 10th. So that's just one area of the country. Well, what if other areas end up having one that goes through July 11th or something? I, I, My prediction now would be no season, and I know that's a bleak prediction, but that's what I'm saying now because I just keep thinking that the, the further these deadlines get put pushed back and the more contagious this disease is, I, I just think that uh, if I had to guess one thing, I'd say no season.
1: Well, all right, so let me try to be Mr. Sunny Sunshine just to rebut that. What if, and and it's all what ifs right now, but what if there are a couple of reasonably clear zones? Let's say that, uh, I know Florida might not be one because those spring breakers were just ridiculously stupid, but let's say that there's a domed stadium in Tampa where, you know, you you could hold basically, uh, you know, three games a day, four games a day. And uh, Arizona opens up and, uh, you know, let's find three or four spots in the country where, You basically take, uh, you know, here, here's, uh, you know, one eighth of the teams, you go here, another eighth of the teams, you go here. I know it's bizarre and I know it's not ideal, but couldn't you have some sort of like in a bubble kind of season in the places that aren't as affected if you needed to? I mean, can we think outside the box a little just to save it?
2: Well, uh, Tampa can't draw, as an example, let's just say Tampa can't draw fans for their own team, which has been very good recently. How are they going to draw any fans? All right,
1: well, let, let, let's say no fans at all. Let, let, let's say that everybody is still, you know, walking around, possibly contagious. And uh, it's still kind of like what we anticipated uh, some of the tournaments in basketball to be like in mid-March. They say, OK, it's only essential personnel. No fans allowed. We're going to have a fanless 2020 uh, played at four to six venues, going to be 110 games and some weird postseason thing that we never considered before. Would they press forward with all of that or just say to hell with it? I, I just don't know what they say to the hell with it because there's just so much money to be lost TV-wise.
2: Well, uh, but there'd also be money to be lost uh, if you're playing games without fans and you're still paying the, the players of the salary. Uh, whereas if you shut it down now... Um, you know, you're getting uh, the salary amount you're going to lose for the whole roster is something like 12 million is all, I think, because they're only getting 300 apiece, I think. And then uh, also, I wonder if these TV deals have insurance that says if there is a total shutdown for health emergency or for some other sort of emergency, we as the underwriter here, we'll reimburse you for 60% of the the TV or whatever. That's those are the things I'd like to see is those insurance contracts and stuff, because in the end it it will come down to two things, public safety and safety of the athletes and money. Uh, And so without knowing what kind of insurance they have, if they do wipe out the season, because I saw Jay Bill just very briefly touched on this. He said, if they, the, he'd, he'd like the NCAA to show the insurance contracts, which they won't, because they may, the wording may be, if you alter the tournament, we won't pay a dime. If you have to completely cancel it for these emergencies, we pay you X amount. So I, I think that that would be a good question to try to find an answer to.
1: That's Yeah, that's very interesting and I think very important for sure. Hey, before I let you go, let's play a little what if just to cheer ourselves up. What if uh, we had contained coronavirus like we probably should have a long time ago? Or what if it had never been a thing? What if, you know, COVID-18, that was it. there was no COVID-19. What do you think the Red Sox season in its basic, normal, unfettered construct would have been this year? What were they getting prepared to be?
2: Well, I think that there'd be serious problems with the rotation. And when you look at Eduardo Rodriguez, great, but behind him you've got Ivaldi Perez. Ryan Weber came really prepared and was doing well, but he's not somebody you think of as a number four starter. Uh bullpen, I think, probably would have been pretty good. There's a lot of good arms out there. I liked uh Reneke's approach. I think he uh he had some good ideas and wasn't afraid to talk about him. Uh, the lineup, you subtract Mookie Betts. That hurts you defensively, hurts you offensively. It hurts you every way. But I still think they would have scored a lot of runs. And one concern for me uh, is Javier Vasquez as a catcher. He's become an offensive force. At least he was last year. But And he's got a good arm, a good throwing arm. People don't steal much anymore, but... I wonder about him calling a game and and getting in that rhythm and having a real feel for that kind of stuff. And I think that stuff can be important. And uh, I'm just not a huge believer in him as a handler of a pitching staff. So I think they would have had a real uphill battle. A million things would have had to fall into place for them to win the division.
1: All right, last thing I've got. For you, I'm actually going to pimp something out that I'm that I'm very proud of. And I want you to check it out and tell me what you think about it because I'm staying busy uh, on a different podcast besides this one. Put together this thing called the Throwback League, and actually put it together before we'd ever heard of coronavirus. So you know it's kind of weird that it's now uh, become kind of the only game in town. And I'm glad that there is content out there. But the concept, Tommy, was to take the 32. World Series winners from our generation, basically, when we look at nostalgia. And I've talked kind of mid-70s to mid-double-O's. Put some of the at-large field together to make a 48-team bracket, just like the NIT, I guess. because 64 would be true March Madness. But so it's 16 World Series losers from that swath, 32 World Series winners from that swath. And uh, just basically went into the laboratory, uh, did the seedings, matched them up. Ran simulations to see you know, what the, the game would actually be if it was, say, the 74 A's against the 92 Braves. Take that play-by-play into a studio, uh, record it like I was actually the announcer, mix in some sound effects, and boom, you've got March Madness with World Series teams. So this thing is maybe five or six games in, and I'm just curious because I already know who wins this thing. I'm the producer of it, so if it's the Bachelorette, I know who got the rose. Right. So, <laughs> but nobody else does. And, and because you've seen so much baseball and all these teams, if you didn't cover them, you know, you, you grew up watching them anyway. I mean, we're talking about 75 Red Sox are in there, for example. Big Red Machine is in there. So if the time period we're talking about is 74 through 06. And again, the throwback league is the name of the pod. If you guys want to go find it. Give me a, a little off the top of your head. Who, who do you think makes it to the finals? out of those World Series teams and runners-up?
2: You know, it's funny. I used to do this with teams when I was a kid in Stratomatic, but that was a 27 Yankees, 55 Dodgers, and like that, but the big red machine, too. Well, I think that the, that a lot of people would say the big red machine. I'm going to say no, because the, the pitching depth beyond uh, Don Gullett and Wayne Simpson wasn't really a, a great deep, pitching staff so i'm going to say no on them even though they, they're the gut first one you would think about um i think that the braves team that won the world series was that 95 that, that was 95 be, yeah yeah that's a sleeper team for me um how far back do you go do you go to 70
1: 74 so they the a the swinging a's of 74 they they kind of lead it off and it ends with the 06. Uh, was that the Cardinals in 06 or the Tigers? I can't even remember now. In 06.
2: Uh, I can't even I'm remember. Kind of blank I can tell you 68. I can tell you 67 for sure. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's
1: the slot 74 to 06.
2: Okay. So not the 71 Pirates. Um, uh, I'm going to say the 86 Mets, the. Um, and the 1996 Yankees would be tough. With uh, Rivera was the setup man to, to Wetland, and they had a stack lineup. Uh, I think, that too. And the 86 Mets was the fun, love, and wild bunch that uh, had a little bit of everything on that team. Uh, Gooden and Doc and Keith Hernandez. Uh, so those are a few that, that come right to mind. And I'll tell you another one, the 2018 Red Sox.
1: Well, I but that, that, that's
2: too well.
1: Too too far. You went too far off the grid. But again, at 06 is the oh uh,
2: six that's point.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but you, those are good thoughts, though. I'm not going to tell you which one is right, which one is wrong. But you're you're definitely sniffing around the perimeter of correct uh, on these <laughs> on these here. Uh, so, hey, Tommy, st- stay safe, and, and uh, obviously we'll do this again when hopefully there is actual baseball going on. But in the interim, totally appreciate you, and we'll we'll do this again soon.
2: I appreciate it. I enjoyed it, Josh. Thanks.
1: All right. Red Sox beat Tom Keegan, our guest. Talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye.